Oh. Right, hello and welcome to a new episode of the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. This week we're going to be looking back at game week three and also having a little look ahead to game week four of the new season. Uh, pretty much crazy, crazy week for me. I'm on, I'm on holiday at the moment, but such is my love for Fantasy League. I could not help but record another podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I'm joined by Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Hi. Recording from over the internet. It's true. It's it's scary and different to how we usually do it, but we're making do somehow. I do want to mention, I do want to mention before we get into it, you can follow us on Twitter at the Denalysis, or you can email us at hello at the for any questions about your team, any wildcard suggestions, any crazy moves you want to make. And also you can join our um, FPL mini league. There's a link down just in the description-y thing. I don't know what that's called. I think it's just called a description. And also on Twitter, it may or may not be our pinned tweet by the time this podcast goes out because our podcast is more important than the league. And you know that because you're already here. And you also know that because everyone's beating me in the league, which really sucks. Yeah. Um. Shout out to the man who is now at the top of the league. I can't remember your name because um, I forgot. It's Andrew McKinnon. It was Andy Klukas. It's, it's all about the Andes. You have to be an Andrew. You can't can't win unless you're Andrew. Is that the rule? In order to win FPL, you must be called Andrew. All the other years were just exceptions <laughs> exactly, to the rule. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, Andrew McKinnon, he's uh, being on out of it, right? He and he's smashing it. I mean, I've, I've heard him pop up on literally all of the other podcasts really? as well. And he's top. Annoying. He's doing very well, though. Very well so far. A nice little shout out also to Hamish. Hi, I was a dick earlier on Twitter because I was just defending our league, but I didn't mean it. And I wish you all the best. I don't even know what happened. I think Are you going to fill us in on this controversy? No, if you want to look, you can just go on Twitter and see what I said to Hamish. Have you been insulting people behind no. my back? No, I was just explaining what was happening in the league because I thought he was being like, man, you league shit, but he wasn't at all. So, oh, right. So, <laughs> so, so same Okay. Shall we go on to talking a little bit about how our teams did this week? Because mine did not do well. Yeah, sure. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so basically, I got 43 points. I think, yeah, I pretty much capped out on 42 points and then had one player left to play, Van Aanholt. And he got me one point, which was quite disappointing. Uh, yeah, pretty much a really low-scoring week for the majority of the big sort of standard picks. Yeah. I don't really feel too bad about it, but I have wildcarded. No, you haven't. <laughs> and I've done it for a very specific reason. Damn. And it's, because, it's not because of my score this week, because I'm actually quite happy with my team anyway. But I've been watching Hazard's. And he looks really good. No. And he's got five really good fixtures coming next. No. And the only way I could fit him in was to move some money about. So I had to do it, I'm afraid. And I now have Hazard in my team. I've had to take away Arnautovic and take away Iheanacho, but that's fine because he's got to be gone soon anyway. And yeah, I don't feel good about it, but I just felt it had to be done. I had to take the risk. I know a lot of people are dropping their wildcards already. And... Looking at the fixtures, like, I know I'm not going to have Aguero because I don't want him. And the idea of me having just all of these sort of mid-priced midfielders and relying on those for points just seems too risky for me. Whereas I know a lot of other people are going to have Aguero and he's going to have a big haul at some point. And 
I don't know. I, I know Hazard isn't traditionally like a big numbers man. He doesn't get loads and loads of goals and assists. But he looks well up for it. And Sari obviously is a very attacking manager. I don't want Alonso because I don't fancy them keeping a lot of clean sheets. I just had to do it. And now here I am with a five to seven week punt on Hazard, a player who, if you asked me any season gone by, I would have been like, no, he doesn't score enough. And now here I am with him in my team. I can't believe you've done that. Yeah, I knew you'd be upset. Well, because my hot take is I don't think I'm going to wildcard until the next international break. The thing is, is I haven't actually really changed anything in my team. Like, so if I hadn't made the transfers I made last, the two transfers I made last before the game week we just had, hmm. I only would I only would have lost out on one point. Yeah. So essentially my team is still the same, but for one game week I scored, you know, like 10 points or whatever, 10, I don't know, like 12, 15 points below average. But for the other two weeks I've scored 10 or so points above average. So I like I don't see the need to panic. There's moves I want to make, but I'm not even going to make a transfer this week. So I scored, I got 59 points this week. I was surprised that the average was so high in the end. I didn't. It was fifty, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I was surprised because I was above average all weekend until the the Monday yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised that that many people must have had like Trippier. I guess it was Trippier and Kane. I assume were the the guys who bumped it up. So yeah, I'm fine with my team. I think my team's fine. I thought my team was my team has been fine this whole time. But yeah, I think other people are just doing silly things. And I think it's going to catch up to every single one of you if you keep making these rash decisions. <laughs> oh, like I heard I heard you got Richarlison in. Oh, how did that work out for you? Yeah, look, it hasn't worked out for anyone, has it? Unless you had him in the first game week, it was a terrible move. And well, you should have just... game week two, he smashed it as well. Or did he... Yeah. What did he do? He got like... But are you saying that it's... Mm, okay, anyway, I think... That if you had him game week one, fine, fair play. If you got him in any time after that, nah. Yeah, I think Richarlison's an interesting one. Like, he... I think there's a few players that I could pinpoint where not going for them has kind of ballsed up the start of my season. But none of it has been too drastic to the point where I'm like, oh God, I absolutely need to have those guys for like the next six weeks or whatever. Yeah. So obviously not having Aguero in game week two, anyone that didn't have him was screwed because he scored a yeah. hat-trick and got an assist. Um, game week one and two, I think Richarlison was one of those very, very highly owned players that if you don't have him, and he did perform really well in those two weeks, you ended up being at a loss because there was there was no one else in midfield that did that well. Yeah. But I think as the season goes on, you're going to you've got to start to see more patterns forming and emerging. And to be honest, I kind of want to go back to my wildcard briefly. Like, sure. I know that is quite a bad, and not a bad use of it, but like the way that I was looking at it was if I can get out of this with like two transfers, then I'm okay with it. And looking forward at the fixtures, I basically planned roundabout sort of game week seven, eight. Like that's got to be when I'm looking to get Hazard back out and have a more balanced team again. But he just has like such an appealing run of fixtures in the next five to seven that I thought if he does actually pick up the form that I'm expecting him to, I'd rather have him than Pedro because Pedro could rotate. I don't want Alonso because I don't want another 
plus six million defender in my defense because I can't I'd have to get rid of Van Arnholt who I really like and it just felt the most the most sensible way to go for Chelsea obviously you don't want Morata because you don't know that he's gonna well is he gonna be good is he gonna start every game I don't really know uh, so that was kind of where I'm at and I think I can actually have a much more balanced team when I get him back out but for now that was the only way I could have him and so be it if Aguero goes and destroys me over the next few weeks. But I have to believe in Pierre Aubameyang. He can do it. Right, cool. So should we get on to a quick recap for everything that happened during the game week? Uh, so first we'll talk about the early kickoff on Saturday. That was Wolves 1, Man City 1. And I guess this was a big surprise to pretty much all of us. No. Because we thought Man City were good. No. Is it not? No. There was that Sell me. stat going around it wasn't even a stat it was just facts um going around like literally before kickoff about how the promoted teams i don't know if it's the winning team of the the championship the year before or just insert promoted team here has won at home against the champions of the, the previous, previous year yeah Anyway, so I wasn't surprised. Also, Aguero away from home, I wasn't surprised that he didn't get a goal or anything. I wasn't asked. I'm not fussed. I don't mind. Let's move on to next week where he plays Newcastle and then he does the goals. Yeah, so I guess that's it. Like, Wolves basically played a really, really smart game in terms of how you play City in that they they didn't try to sit back and defend. They tried to get them with quick, uh, quick counter-attacks. And Wolves actually looked probably the best they have all season, I think. Would you agree? Uh, I didn't watch this game, so I don't know. Right. I, <laughs> I didn't watch the full game because I was actually I was on the road at the time. But just from the highlights, it looked like they were, they were creating a lot. They were getting in behind the City defence and they looked really promising. Uh, okay, so yeah, the, the standout points here. Obviously, City didn't get a win against a, a team you would expect them to. I don't think they played their best football. Aguero, the away from home thing you mentioned, he should be backfiring, but it's so oh man, it's so it's so hard like to know what to do with City if you don't have Aguero and Mendy. Like I don't I was thinking about getting Laporte on my wildcard team. Does he play every of, week? Well, my my view of uh of City is that Laporte and Stones are essentially number one and two on Pep's good boy list. Right. Because they play the style that he wants, which is playing the ball to feet. They're good at they're good at dribbling. They're good at playing their way out of trouble. Otamendi has kind of taken a fair fair bit of that on as well. Um, but I think those two are very much like Pep's Pep's favourite boys. But I don't know. Now you say it, it, it probably is too crazy. It's just. It's that 5.5 price, mm. and it's the fixtures that they have coming up. So yeah. I have David Silva, and he's one of the ones that I could actually have a much more balanced team if I got rid of him and got in, say, for example, I got in, like, a Walcott or Pedro. I could have them, and I could have, like, a, a better striker, and I could have someone like Knockart or Iwobi or someone in that, like, 5.5 range. But I really want David Silva... Have you still and, have you kept Mendy? Yeah, I've still got Mendy. There's no way I'll get rid of him. Okay. Because I think he's amazing. So Mendy got what was it? Two bonus points yes. in this game. 
despite conceding a goal and getting no assists or anything. So essentially, he's an interesting case. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time talking about him because we already know he's amazing. Mm. But he's a great example of one of those defenders who just has so many positive attacking actions that even if they they lose a game, he can still find himself on the bonus uh, in the bonus points tally, much like David Silva can because he creates so many chances or Kevin De Bruyne when he plays. So that was quite an interesting one. And I think he's a about as must-have a defender as you can have, really. I think Sacco did the same thing this week as well. He got two bonus points, even yeah. though Palace lost. Uh, do you think there are any any players from, from City besides the obvious Aguero and Mendy that, that you need to have? No, it's too risky. Do you, So say for someone like myself who isn't going for Aguero, mm-hmm. do you think you should you need to cover City with a midfielder? Yeah. Or do you but think you know. should just... Like I you guess, don't know who. Yeah, I like. I guess you could put Gundogan in or someone. I don't know. Not just because he yeah, got he's five point five, but he's the problem is he's playing this like really deep role, isn't he? Yeah, I guess it's the same of like Fernandinho or whatever. But I don't know. I'd be so desperate to just have more than one City player. I think that would that that was my situation anyway. Um. I, I don't know. Sterling played as well, right? Sterling was all right. Yeah, I didn't really see much of him other than one absolute smasher of a long shot that I didn't even realise Sterling could do. He took this like massive shot from... It was like 30 yards. The keeper saved it, made a really good save. But yeah, Sterling at 11.0 is one in that really awkward range... And that's kind of why I'm at David Silva, who's at a really awkward range himself, because he's yeah. not he's not mad expensive. But, but he's not quite cheap enough. He's not quite cheap enough to the point where I, I think if you want like a super efficient like team structure, he kind of scuppers that a little bit because you need someone in you need someone like him to be in that six point five to seven point five range, mm. but he's eight point five instead. It was yeah. 8.4 when I bought him, but yeah, it, it's so hard to make that work. So unless you think, and I'm very much gambling on him and Hazard scoring massively over the next sort of five weeks, because otherwise I've wasted my funds really, because I'm committing so hard to those guys. Uh, Wolves, on the other hand, I think played really well. Any standout players for you in this in this game? Well, um, Joe just decided to start doing football. Uh, three weeks in, so that's nice, isn't it? Uh, I don't think I'm going to get rid of him. Oh, really? You still got him? Yeah. He does. He did look good. I, I think, like, <laughs> in an example where they could actually be a bit more attacking and try and get behind the defence, you kind of saw what he's good at. And I, yeah. I I wonder if that'll fill him with a little bit of confidence. Um, I'm still a little bit iffy on Wolves, purely because I don't know how good they are in the context of the Premier League. And I think I mm. can kind of can kind of say that about all the promoted teams at the moment you don't other than maybe Cardiff like you don't really know where they fit in the grand scheme of things so when I look at their fixtures because they're quite up and down so they've got West Ham Burnley Man United Southampton Palace in their next five and I'm like I don't know if those are easy fixtures or like hard fixtures for them or what well we'll soon find out we will but that's why I'm not quite ready to jump for any of them 
other than I think I've got Jimenez in my wildcard team at the moment, purely because he plays and he's 5.5. But I don't like it. <laughs> I don't okay. like it at all. I think it's fine. I'm fine with Jota. Yeah. I hope that he continues to get good, but um, yeah, I'm fine with it. Fair enough. Right, moving on to Arsenal mm. versus West Ham. This was a fun one for me because we actually got to come out with three points and, and you know, win, winning the game is always nice. It wasn't the most comfortable game to watch, though. <laughs> uh, so Arsenal basically are defending like an absolute mess at the moment. And I don't know, like, Bellerin looks amazing in attack, but we also look like we're down to concede like at least two goals a game. Yeah. And I it baffles me how West Ham didn't get more than one goal in this game because Arnautovic's goal was really good, really good finish. Yeah. But our, our defence was so wide open and I wonder how long it's gonna take for Emery to kind of get that get that sorted to a level where our defenders aren't being countered every five seconds or every time we finish an attack. Because yeah. it, it was quite worrying to watch. But on the other side of things, yeah, Bellerin was amazing. I think he, if we can start keeping clean sheets, he becomes a very, very interesting option at 5.5. Could be a good one to look at right now. Purely if if you're looking for someone in that sort of range who isn't quite like Alonso Price, who will get you attacking returns. Um, elsewhere with Arsenal, it's it's pretty much the template, guys, that, that you have to look at, I think. Yeah, so you've I've got... got- Gone. Yes. I thought Mkhitaryan still looked alright, considering uh, he didn't get any any points. Uh, he still looked good, I thought. Did some crosses. Did some kicking of the ball. That's what you want from <laughs> This is a man. specifically what you want from your attackers. Some crosses yes. and some kickers. Exactly. So, I'd agree, yeah, though. I, I wouldn't be worried if you have him. Um, Aubameyang, I don't know where he is. Sorry, I can't find him. What do you mean? Uh, you can't find him in the match. Where, where is he? What is he doing? Yeah. As So first off, I, I want to back up your Mkhitaryan one. I've seen there's a lot of discussion about whether or not he'll be rotated. And oh. Will just he from be watching, rotated? Well, my opinion is no. Purely because him and Bellerin, like I'd say 90% of our attacks have come from that right-hand side with him linking up with Bellerin and being brilliant at it. So I'd be very, very surprised to see him drop out as they seem to be the focus of all of our attacks. Uh, but yeah, I'd agree. He looked really good, had a really good shot saved. Aubameyang, he's a tricky one to assess purely because his his value doesn't lie in, in being involved in the game. What he does is he pops up in dangerous areas and he scores goals when he's been anonymous for, for 10 minutes, for 20 minutes, or maybe even the whole game. The problem you're you're having at the moment is he just isn't doing that. His finishing has been a little bit off, but he has been getting in the positions for the most part. So if you already have a Bamiang, he's dropped now. I'd hold on to him and wait at least one or two more games. If if he's still not doing it in two weeks' time, I think yeah, get rid of him. But at ten point nine, uh, you've lost a, a million on him. If you uh, sorry, you've lost point one on him. You've lost point one on him if you already had him. And to drop him before he plays Cardiff, I think that'd just be crazy. And I know there's because this is FPL, you get the sensationalism where people are like, "Oh, is Emery going to drop him?" I see no reason why Emery would drop him 
at the at the worst, he'd play Lacazette with him and he'd get moved out to the left. Mm. I know a lot of people are worried about having a striker that plays on the left, but we saw him we saw him score ten goals in thirteen games last season, largely playing out on the left. So I wouldn't really worry about that too much. It's just a case of are you are you that desperate to change him? Are you in a situation where you're like, oh, I need Aguero? Obviously, Aguero has an amazing record against Newcastle, and that's who they're playing next. So, I don't, I'd only do it if you're absolutely desperate. But I think you should hold on to him, and if he keeps dropping, he could end up being an amazing option. <laughs> if he, let's see if we can get him down to six point oh, and then right, uh, okay, yeah, sure, that would literally take the whole season. But we can, we can dream. Yeah. West Ham, obviously Arnautovic is the one. Everyone's saying he'll be fine for the weekend, so I guess that's that end of story. Um, Felipe Anderson, I thought, quite looked quite good. Uh, it's a shame about the other jokers on his team. Very much so, yeah. Poor guy. Wasn't a good <laughs> game for, uh, for Issa Diop, was it? No, it was, it was nasty for him. He, uh, his debut for West Ham. Yeah. Record it's defensive only... signing and own goal. Yeah. It can only be improved for him from here, right? It can't get any worse. Oh Yeah, he is playing tonight in the League Cup and currently drawing with AFC Wimbledon. So it's not going great. Yeah, I, I think Anderson did look really good. At, what is he, 7.0? No, 6.9 now. Oh, really? He's gone down? He has indeed. I, I'm very unsure on West Ham at the moment. They just look... They look like they're that little bit short of being able to score the goals. Like, they <laughs> yeah. can create the chances... But they can't score the goals. And I started with Arnautovic, obviously mentioned earlier on, he's out on my wild card because their fixtures are not the most tasty. They have Wolves next and Everton, Chelsea, Man United, Brighton, Tottenham. And all of those teams bar Man United, I think, have been quite good at the start of the season. Yeah, um, I think if if I already had Arnautovic, I wouldn't be getting rid. But I definitely wouldn't be getting any West Ham players in. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of need to wait and see with them, I think. But they did they did show signs of encouragement. I think they were very unlucky to not at least have more goals than they scored. And in the end, the scoreline yeah. flattered Arsenal. But Arsenal do look good going forward. So Mkhitaryan, for sure, at 7.1. I think he's a great option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bournemouth played Everton and, just as they always seem to do, came back from a two-goal deficit. It's getting ridiculous now, isn't it? That was a question. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> like, I hadn't really noticed. I'm so hung up on red cards that I am finding it Have hard to Have you not noticed, literally every time Burnley play a game, the pundits are like, they always come back from behind, Burnley. They never give up. Eddie Howe's boys. You just said Burnley, and then you said Eddie Howe, and also I thought we were talking about Everton. Oh, I was talking about Bournemouth. Okay, you said Burnley. Did I say Burnley? Yes. Why do I always say Burnley when I mean Bournemouth? You said it twice as well. So just imagine <laughs> in those previous ones I said Bournemouth and not Burnley. Anyway, <laughs> so this is um, Everton's second red card this season. Mm-hmm. That's quite in nice. Three games. Yeah, it's quite good, isn't it? 10 out of 10. Well done, lads. Richarlison with a straight red for a headbutt. That was a sad time for all the, the people yeah. who transferred him in. Fortunately, he's only away for two Premier League games because of the League Cup. So that's kind of saved your bacon a little bit, Yay. hasn't it? Are you? Do you have him? Mm. You do, right? No? Okay, no. fine. Why do no. I think you had him? You know that 
I don't know. The bit at the start, I was just berating every single person oh, who right. brought him in. Obviously, after we'd told people to get him. Um, no, I didn't get him. I see. I want Walcott, I Yeah, think. Walcott's been really good. Um, he... I, I feel like we haven't had enough of a chance to watch Everton yet. Like, three games, and they look a little mm. bit inconsistent. They love to get men sent off. Yeah, it's... It's kind of why uh, I don't want to do a transfer this week because I still feel like we don't have enough. So I would absolutely agree with that. Like, I think it's a great time at the start of the season to just not make a transfer and keep two free every... So do a transfer every Mm. other week rather than every week. It just seems to make the most sense because Walcott does look really good. Obviously, there's there's been countless seasons before where he's looked really good and then he's gone and either been terrible or been dropped or got injured for the rest of the season. Um, the one thing that did yeah. make me want to jump for Walcott is that they play, I think it's Huddersfield and West Ham at home back to back in their next two. Then after that, it gets a bit more iffy where they've got Arsenal, Fulham and Leicester. But the the feeling I have about it is it's just, it would be silly for me to go for him for two games rather than go for like yeah, a longer term sure. transfer. And yeah, even though it might hurt me for the next two, if he does go and score, I'd kind of rather have someone longer term and be able to mess around with transfers a bit more uh, for, for long term mm-hmm. value. Uh, Richarlison, I wouldn't be too... I guess it's just an easy straight transfer, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if I would bother getting rid. Like, I guess I would if I needed to. So, like, you know, those people who don't have people yeah. on their bench who play. If you're one of those, then obviously you need to get rid. But if you're not one of those, then I'd just stick Do with Do you think him. there's anyone else that would be better than Walcott at the same price? Because a few pops of mind. Like, obviously, you've got Pedro. He's at 6.6. Yeah. Uh, you've got Pereira, who's been fantastic in the start of the season. He's at 6.2. There are some interesting, uh, maybe even Lucas Mora, if you have the cash to spare. And he comes up against high-flying Watford next. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's too, I still think it's too early to tell. Like, it's it's so hard. If we were, like, 10, 12 games in, it would be more obvious. But, yeah, I just haven't got a clue. Yeah. This is exactly where I'm at with my wildcard. Like, the reason I did did it and went for a guy like Hazard is I know how good he is. Like I know roughly how consistent he is. I'm not going to be absolutely devastated if he doesn't come through as much as, as much as I hoped, because I kind of already know enough about him. Whereas I feel like Walcott at Everton, I know very little about him. I know him from his Arsenal time and I know he can be a a 20 goal a season attacker, but he hasn't done that super frequently and yeah it's just a little bit feels a little bit knee jerky at this point feels too soon and I don't know if Huddersfield are that bad either like I know they got hammered by City but they played into City's hands and City are better than Everton I don't think anyone would argue with that so I don't know if it's got to be quite as much of a pushover for Everton as they were for City. Is there anyone else from Bournemouth? Because I think Fraser's been doing really well and you've got Wilson down here at 6.1. Yeah, I had no idea Wilson was this cheap. I guess I assumed he started the season at 7. 
Um, I think if I had realised after the first game week that he was six, I probably would have made a transfer then to get him in over Tyson. I don't know. Would you? I don't know. This is Wilson we're talking about. The problem is I want him now, but I'm thoroughly convinced that the second I get him, he'll be injured. Yeah, so there's two problems with Wilson. One is that he sometimes is brilliant and then goes on to be not quite so brilliant for the rest of the season. Yeah. The other thing is he's brilliant for a game and then he gets a massive injury and he's out for six months. So I kind of feel a bit dumb for not jumping on... uh, Sorry, not, not for not jumping on Wilson, but kind of feel a bit dumb for sleeping on the best score. I think he's the highest scoring attacker or maybe he's... Maybe he's just outside or he's in the top three or something. But I know when I checked yesterday, he was super high in the attack the attack ratings for overall score. Where is he? Yeah, he's third place. So he's behind Mitrovic and Aguero mm. with 22 points to their 24. Yeah. And he's the only one who's sc- not, uh, not scored, but scored points in all three games. Yeah. And it just feels absolutely mental that this is Callum Wilson we're talking about. I guess the thing to look at with Bournemouth is how much do you trust them? Because next they come up against Chelsea at... Is that Chelsea at home? No, sorry, Chelsea away. And then Leicester at home. Yeah. Then Burnley, then Palace, then Watford. Yeah, so I think... And I feel like those are all quite... They're either better than them or at a similar level to them. Yeah, I think it's the start of October. They have like a nice run of like four or so games. And that's where I'm looking for Bournemouth. I don't think I will make a a change for Wilson. The question is, yeah, the question is essentially how much do you trust form over fixtures with a guy like Wilson? Yeah, but I won't necessarily go for Wilson in a month's time. But, uh, I like, yeah, I, the fact that the next fixture is Chelsea is annoying. But I think he is one to just keep an eye on. And I don't think yeah, there's certainly. any reason why Bournemouth can't score against Chelsea. Yeah, I would agree with that, to be honest. Like, that's one of the reasons I haven't gone for Alonso and have, have looked for Hazard instead, because I can kind of see that being a really high-scoring game, knowing how Sari wants to play football. And... Bournemouth, I think they beat them 3-0 just last year. So it's not yeah. it's not like Bournemouth can't beat them. On paper, Chelsea should absolutely annihilate them, but we know it's not that simple. We saw that with with Wolves and City, and it's it's kind of a hard one to predict. So I, I just advise caution on Wilson purely because experience tells me he's done this before. He's he's scored a hat trick and then he's disappeared for the rest of the season. I think he's probably a kind of okay low mid-table striker and that's exactly the team he's playing for and I think he will probably stop scoring quite soon but I could be massively wrong so if you want to take that risk go ahead it's not an expensive one. Uh, Huddersfield played Cardiff and this played out to be I mean as exciting a game as you'd expect it to be solid nil-nil. Yeah so poor Hamer went off injured uh so Lursel's back in his rightful position. Nine points. The legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's the change we want to see for Huddersfield now. Um, 
like I don't understand why Hamer was playing. Anyway, he's deceased now. And Lursel is back, so that's nice. Uh, I think Cardiff really should have won this, and I'm sad that they didn't. Uh, Neil Etheridge continues to slay, and that's all I all I have to say. <laughs> He's been really good, hasn't he? The highest scoring goalkeeper as it stands. And I, w- I wonder if he can keep it up. Like, the amazing thing is, I think he's got... Has he got Arsenal and Chelsea next? He's definitely got Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City in his next yeah. three. So he has a, a, a few strong tests there. In fact, they get harder as but it goes will on. Cardiff, <laughs> will Cardiff score a goal? I guess that's the question on everyone's lips, isn't it? And the funny thing about Cardiff is they're actually, <laughs> they actually have a better goal difference than Man United now. And they haven't scored since April. Yeah. Which is just... A fantastic stat uh, mentioned by <laughs> Oily really Sailor on Twitter, who's a, a great follow if you love obscure stats. But yeah, I, I kind of find it fascinating. Even Neil Warnock himself is saying that he wouldn't bet on Cardiff to score a goal. And you kind of yeah. think, is that is that good for them? Should you say that to your team no, in front of your team? Definitely not. No. They, yeah, they look a little bit hopeless in attack. Etheridge is an interesting one because he's actually risen in price and I that is not something I expected to say in the first three weeks of the season that Cardiff's goalkeeper has risen in price especially with <laughs> with this run of fixtures but he could yeah. actually be an interesting option purely because save points right he could be this year's Fabianski yeah I was thinking of swapping Fabianski out for him actually mm. I won't now because of the price rise it's just not worth it mm. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely something I was considering. Yeah, yeah, and goalkeeper transfers are always hard to justify anyway, but he, he does look impressive. We'll see if he can keep it up. Definitely got some stern tests ahead of him. But with regards to to players for your fantasy team, I would be very reluctant to go for anyone from either of these teams besides the aforementioned Lursel and Etheridge. Okay, so Southampton played Leicester, and this was actually this was kind of one of the games that convinced me to to play my wild card because I had Ian Acho, Madison, and Pereira, the uh, mm. the right back. Yeah. And Leicester, I know they're away from home, but they were really, really bad for the majority of this game, and it's kind of a miracle that they won it. Like, I, I mean, it was a last minute long shot from Harry Maguire. So you couldn't have got more more of a miraculous yeah. sort of winning goal. But they looked really, really bad, I thought. And it wasn't until the last sort of 20 minutes they actually started playing some football. And I actually, this is how bad this game was. Like, I had to, I had to watch the full game in order to get a, a grip on what actually happened after the fact. Because the match of the day only had, like, four highlights or something for this game so there was like the goals the red card and that was it like there were no other highlights so I was like how do I know how Madison played I have to actually watch him in the game and he didn't play well it turned out like no one did really I I kind of I was a bit bummed about Iheanacho because I didn't realize the league cup was coming I thought he'd have another game but obviously he doesn't because Leicester are playing Fleetwood tonight and it means his last game before Vardy comes back will be against Liverpool. And I was like, yeah, don't really want him for that one. So he can go. Uh, but yeah, I think Leicester, 
the problem with this one is I wouldn't advise like getting rid of your Leicester players unless there's naturally a better option. Because this was such an anomaly of a game, like nothing really happened. Uh, Southampton looked quite good in the first half. Ings looked quite lively, but ended up coming off for Austin. Uh, Redmond did his usual thing of looking really good on the eye, but not getting any goals or assists. McCarthy conceded goals, which is a bit of a bummer. Oh, <laughs> and one of the things is, is so bad because I should have made this joke earlier. But uh, Vestergaard returned to the yeah. team. But I realised he's not a very good Leicester guard, is he? Because he couldn't <laughs> keep Maguire out. All right, Liverpool beat Brighton 1-0. Yes, I've got some hot takes. All right, hit me um, with them. I think this should have ended in a 0-0 draw. I think Brighton were... Unfortunate is the wrong word because it was literally Basuma's fault. Um, but Brighton shouldn't have conceded. And I don't know how I feel about Basuma anymore. I thought I was hype on him, but I'm not anymore. Johan Baksh, again, looked really great when he came on, but he didn't come on until quite late. Um, Nokar, again, so good. So, so good. He is going to be Brighton's best player this year. Rest in peace, Glenn Murray. Um, and Liverpool just weren't that great. Alison, they didn't show it on Match of the Day. Did you watch the game? Yep. So that bit where Knockart just ran at Alisson and he had to just do some skills. Uh, it he wasn't did on... the little chip over his head, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't on the highlights, but I was like, oh, Alisson, if you could please not do that, that would be great. <laughs> Thanks. Just kick he, it away. He does just that all the time, though. Kick like, it at a man on your team, please. He is good at it, though. Like, he, as far as I'm aware, he hasn't done that and like, made a mistake that leads to a goal from it. I just don't need the aneurysm that comes with it. Uh, so, yeah, I thought Liverpool were average, and I thought Brighton were really good again. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, Brighton, to me, looked like a different team to what they were last year, and I wanted to see them in this match, because obviously they beat Man United. It was a Man United team that looked scared and didn't look very up for it. But I was kind of impressed to see them carry through that mentality into this game and look really good against a really good Liverpool side that beat them I think 10-1 last season on aggregate right. I thought that was a brilliant showing from Brighton and in the end they were actually quite unlucky not to come away with a 1-1 draw there was a late chance for Pascal Gross that Alisson saved really well um, the the issue I have with Brighton is that they don't really create enough chances against those big teams so they have to be really clinical and that's what mm. they were against Man United like Glenn Murray's finish for example was freaking yeah. incredible and against Liverpool I think Liverpool just did a really good job of restricting their chances but around about game week eight I think the likes of Knockout become a really good op uh, potential option because they face West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Everton, Cardiff and while it's not the they're not playing like the worst of the worst, mm. if Brighton are as good as they look like they're gonna be, they're gonna be a really, really interesting fantasy option because they're one of the teams where you can get players for around that sort of five point oh, five point five mark. And I think that makes yeah. them really a really exciting potential option. Mm -hmm. uh, I did think you're a little harsh on Basuma because that is exactly what Liverpool do. Like He's he's new to the league. It was a pass to him that really shouldn't have been made. I just don't think he made, like, generally. Like, obviously that was a mistake and it wasn't wholly his fault, but I 
thought generally he wasn't actually as good as he'd looked in whatever game it was before the when he came United on one. and I was yeah. like he looks really good um, I, I guess and even against Watford when he came on like the whole team changed and he was like some sick pace but yeah no I, w- I just thought it was a bit trash yeah I, I guess you have to account for who he's playing and it's the first time he's played a team like Liverpool yeah. it was kind of genius the way they they made that goal because they waited for them to put it in a dangerous position and immediately sprung the press on them and yeah. it was so clinical from Salah Considering the rest of the game, he wasn't quite as clinical. It was a, a great little moment. And I guess football is a game of moments after all. Um, something that I'm just going to reference briefly because I've been quietly laughing to myself uh, about it is the, the meltdown on the FPL Reddit of people realising that Salah doesn't get bonus points all over again. It's it's go, going on to full-on conspiracy mode already. Because people are like, he's, he's got the winning goal, why didn't he get the bonus points? And it's like, the rules are there, guys. If you want to click on the little help tab on the FPL page, it tells you how the rules work, how the bonus points are calculated. If Salah didn't miss so many goddamn chances, we'd all be fine. But he does. But he's brilliant. He's so good. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, he is going to get so many points this season again. And I don't, I don't understand why people are getting worked up about it again. Yeah, I think my beef is just people getting annoyed about... Like, you can't literally base this game on the bonus points system. Like, that's just, like, an extra. You can't get gassed about bonus points. And that's how you that's how you think you're going to win your mini leagues. Like, this, it's not how it works. Yeah. It's, it's basically because he's a highly owned player and loads of people captained him. And they're like, oh, we no. could have done over the Aguero captainers. The thing I do think is vaguely, not interesting, but that I think people fail to appreciate with this is just Salah, if he played as a forward, would get loads of bonus points. Yeah. The only reason he doesn't is because he gets less points for scoring goals in the, the, the bonus calculation. But yeah. he also gets an extra point for scoring goals and gets clean sheet points. And considering, mm. or a clean sheet point, and considering Liverpool look like they're never going to concede a goal again, I think that's pretty good, to be fair. So I'm, yeah. I'm into it. Um. I've dropped Cater this week. That was something yeah. you, you asked in the, the document I see. I really, really like him. I think he's brilliant. But at 7.5, he's clearly not offering the, the goal and assist threat that you'd need. And yeah. I kind of knew that might be a factor. But I thought Liverpool would be scoring so many goals that he'd be getting involved in some capacity. And right. obviously, he's cheaper than Mane. So I thought that might be the case. But I might look at coming back to him at a later date. But purely because there's so many more, like, there are so many more attackers that are, like, the vital cog in their team at mm. that 6.5 or, like, 7.0 range. I just thought, I can't waste that much money on him. I may as well get Mikatarian, who's going to be far more involved in the attack in the decisive moments. Yeah. So that's what I've done there. Um, and they look amazing defensively, I think, there's yeah nothing's changed there really Allison still 5.5 could be a good one if you're worried about your keeper or your wildcarding or whatever nothing else to to note here I don't think Liverpool are good their fixtures turn a little bit but they're still probably the best or the second best team in the league so it doesn't really matter too much yeah uh okay 
Watford. So this is a game that ruined my accumulator. These great guys. Yeah, I'm not surprised in any which way. I'm annoyed that Pereira and Holobus are back on it. Annoying. Pipe down. Just sit down. This is like two seasons ago all over again. <sighs> I don't have time for it. I don't really even know who Pereira is. I, I think they signed him from Juventus. So he was like quite a big name player when he came in. But yeah, the problem has been he's been out injured so much. Right. His goal involvement for Watford is amazing. I think it was seven of the last 10 goals when he's been on the pitch he's been involved in like is it not at home I it could be his situation was just at home it could he's be. like the the aguero of Watford. yeah well <laughs> I, I think the, the one thing it's is good to point out is this is like we have four teams who have won their first three games and i think that's mm. only happened two times before that's mental that watford are one of them no i don't think it like i think if you'd watched every single game that they've played, you'd be like, nah, it's not mental, is it? Like, <laughs> they're doing good. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I guess it's just because, you know, I've seen so many years of Arsenal and I don't remember them winning the first three games of the season. And Arsenal yeah. are traditionally, you know, from when I started watching them, they were a, a top two team, really. Yeah. And... I don't really recall them winning their first three games too often. So that's kind of what makes it remarkable to me is that Watford are a team before the season we were looking at as, I don't really know what they are. Like, are they good? Are they bad? Are they just going to quietly get about their business and do nothing exciting FPL-wise? Yeah, I still think it's tricky, though, for FPL with Watford. Like, you still don't really know where to go, what to do, who to pick. Yeah. Yeah, It's actually, I group them in with Brighton here. Because it's a very similar situation where we don't know who the key like goal getters or goal scorers mm. are. We have an idea that Pereira might be one of them, but is Dini gonna have a bang in season again? Is it gonna turn out to be Andre Gray? Um, is Decore gonna have another wonder season from defensive midfield? Like it's quite hard to to know where to go there. Yeah. Like, I've got Cabasele, yeah. who I'm happy with, because I don't really want a Watford defender. He's just there because he's 4.5 and he's going to play every game. Mm. Um, and I've benched him every damn week. Oh. <laughs> no, which is fine. He hasn't done anything. He only got one clean sheet, right? Yeah, clean sheet. clean sheet in the first uh, first week, I think. So, yeah, it's not actually too too bad. I, I guess with Watford, you just kind of have to wait and see, because if you look at their next few fixtures, they play Spurs next. Um, and then they play Man United, which, depending on which side of the coin you fall on, could be great or could be terrible. Then Fulham, then Arsenal. I, I think those are the games you're going to see how good they are because they have had quite a... I don't think Palace is an easy game, but if you look at the goal goal they scored, like, I mean, the first one, Kapu should have been sent off, really, because of his nasty foul on Zaha. And then the second goal was just a, a cross... <laughs> that went in the oh, net. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh, Holobas is a must-have. And I know, like, luck does come into play in, in Fantasy League. And I know Holobas has, you know, he did have that brilliant season, I think it was two years ago. But I'd kind of hold fire just for now because we don't really know enough about them. I do like the look of Pereira at 6.2, though. And if he can keep that up, if he could score against Spurs, for example, 
I'd be a lot more interested because Man United following up that, looking at their form, could be pretty yeah. tasty, could be pretty good. Uh, Palace, on the other hand, they have really good fixtures. If you have like Van Arnhal, Juan Bissaka, obviously you'd be crazy to get rid of Juan Bissaka because he'll be coming back now. Um, but yeah, they have Southampton, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Ooh. Bournemouth, Wolves, Everton. Until game week 10, their fixtures are decent. Yeah, but Twitter's losing their shit because... Wan-Bissaka's been sent off again. No, no, because he started today. And everyone's like, oh no, he started today. Will he play at the weekend? Well, yeah, he's like 18, isn't he? Like, he might be a bit (laughs) older than that. But he can play two games in a week. Uh, I've still got Van Aanholt. He's one of the ones I was considering potentially dropping on my wildcard just because I can, but... I look at those fixtures and I'm like, I believed in him at the start of the season. He got me 11 points on the first day. I'm not going to give up on him now. Um, yeah. My only problem is that he is like 5.5 just does feel a little bit too expensive. Oh, yeah. And, and this is it. This is what I'm saying. As soon as, as soon as it gets to game week 9 or game week 10, when their fixtures become Everton, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, oh, he's right. getting out. Get rid. <laughs> but mm. I, I do feel like, Palace are a good enough defensive team that it makes sense to have him for these games. Whereas if it was Arsenal, say, who was <laughs> I was thinking about potentially doing um, Van Aanholt to, to Bellerin, I'd be a lot more worried about Bellerin actually keeping clean sheets. Whereas yeah. I, with Van Aanholt, I'm kind of like, I am sort of banking on attacking returns, but also think they can keep uh, probably two to three clean sheets in this, if not more. Mm. So I'm, I'm fairly positive on them. I thought they did okay against Watford and actually were quite unlucky to lose it in the end. It was two moments of, well, a moment of brilliance and a moment of flukiness that, that beat them in yeah. the game. Okay, cool. Uh, so Newcastle lost to Chelsea and they almost didn't, really. <laughs> that was... It was quite a boring game to watch, actually, considering Chelsea had so much of the ball and were passing it around so nicely. Uh, the, the, the star man of this game is obviously Alonso, now up to 6.7. Oh, I thought it was you were going to say Jondre Led- Yed- Yedlin. Sorry, I just hit my microphone again. You know, he was kind of the, the hero and the villain, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. In, in more ways than one, because he elbowed... Giroud in the face in order to get yep. <laughs> get the assist for, for Hossamu. Yeah. And then he became the villain for his own fans after being the villain for Chelsea fans. So yeah. it was an interesting evening for him, I would say. Poor kid. Yeah. Alonso, he got the assist for the penalty. He got the assist for the, the second goal. My issue is literally that he's just too expensive. And I think there's going to come a time, like people have really benefited from if you had like Mendy, Robertson and Alonso and then like two non-playing 4.0s or like one Bissaka and a, another like Peltier or something. Mm. You could have this massively high scoring defence for the first few weeks. Yeah. The problem I have is it's becoming that meta tactic where it's probably going to run its course eventually and you'll see Alonso getting two points every week, like he did last season. I think I had him through a... I had him through a period where he got so many twos 
But I just kept him because I was like, it'll, it'll happen eventually, it's fine. And it did start happening yeah. eventually. And I think I also got him just at the point he was still scoring as well. So it, it wasn't too bad for me. But I do think people are heavily jerking their knees right now for Alonso when I, I don't know. I just don't know if he represents the best value. Maybe I'm being too harsh. But when you've got Mendy and Robertson, it's a lot of money to put in defence, right? Yeah, I think... So, because I have Alisson, I don't want Robertson because I don't like doubling up on defence. Yeah. So, and I can afford Alonso right now. Like, if I don't want to upgrade massively anywhere else, I can just get him in. Like, I can switch Van Arnold for Alonso. I can switch me for Alonso. Um, we'll come on to exactly why I don't want to do that with me in a second. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I won't do it this week anyway. But I'm definitely considering yeah. it. But I've never owned Alonso. Like in the last two seasons, I've never owned him, I don't think. Yeah, he's he's kind of one of those guys who I think people keep wanting to write him off, myself included, from a minute ago, I guess. But he keeps coming back. So that's that's the tough one. He He does... I just get that impression you're relying so much on attacking returns this year. Yeah, for sure. Um... Whereas I think Mendy and, and Robertson are guaranteed, almost guaranteed, as good as guaranteed to get a lot of clean sheets and attacking returns. With Alonso, I fear they might concede a fair amount of goals because they've obviously mm. conceded in two of their first three games and the the one before that was against Huddersfield. So I don't know. I I guess there's there's obviously logic to that. I just wouldn't go for Alonso if it was going to really negatively affect the rest of your team or your midfield or, or something like that. Don't paint yourself into a corner, essentially. Yeah. Um, Hazard looked brilliant, but the problem with this game for Chelsea in general was just just defence, just defence everywhere. Newcastle were kicking the hell out of them. Like, it, it was quite cynical, actually. I remember a point towards the end of the game where Hazard was going on a run and... Every time he picked up the ball and did it, a new Newcastle player fouled him. And it ended up being mm. like three, four fouls in about a 30-second period. And they were all getting yellow cards. But it was just such obvious, cynical like foul rotation just to stop him playing. Yeah. And it's, it's very hard, obviously, for an attacking team to get going when there's that sort of treatment. I do expect their fortunes to turn around a little bit when they face Bournemouth next and Cardiff after that. I think Cardiff will probably employ a similar tactic, but I just feel like those teams are, are less convincing defensively and are quite accustomed to conceding... Well, Bournemouth are accustomed to conceding a lot of goals. Don't know so much about Cardiff, but last year they didn't really come up against teams of Chelsea's quality. So it is what it is. Bearing in mind, this was Newcastle without Lascelles and without Shelby. Yeah, you're right. I think that's just important to note. And also, Rondon started, finally, but obviously didn't do anything. So, whack Hosselu on, off he pops, does the goal. Yeah, he's. I think he's scored two goals in three games now, which is, for Hosselu, a remarkable start. I reckon it's, I reckon it's like two goals and an assist, Hosselu. It could quite well be. He's definitely in the top bracket for strikers right now. Oh no, so it's a goal and it's two goals. Two goals in three. Oh. And he played the 90 minutes against Cardiff but didn't score. 
that was obviously Kennedy Kennedy Gate when he scored the. Oh yeah. Scored the. He he definitely didn't score. Didn't do anything. Scored did he? nothing. Egypt. All righto. So on to the next the next last ones. I trust you've been itching to talk about this one. Uh, yeah, I really have. Fulham beat Burnley four two, and yes, <laughs> the Burnley castle comes crashing down. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm even going to move into position. I'm so ready. Okay, so Mitrovic, you'll recall last week when I told everyone that Mitrovic was crucial and people were like, huh, crucial. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And now look, now look with both of your two eyes, unless you don't have two eyes, in which case look with whatever you have. Um, use Braille if you have to. Uh, Mitrovic, three go. Oh no, two goals, one assist. Almost, almost three goals. Um... What a lad! What a lad! Highest scorer Saved of for the game week. week. Highest scorer of That's the week with sixteen saying. points. Absolutely incredible, and at six point five, can you turn that down? I'm sure he's six point six no. now. Actually, he's probably he is actually six point six now. Yeah. He's literally six point six, but it's still like, I think it's still a good price for a striker who's going to be their striker. He's going to be their top player all season. Um, it's it's stupid that you don't own him, so probably just buy him. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to disagree. Uh, like I said earlier, the hardest thing with Fulham is knowing actually how good they are in the context of this league. Um, but their fixtures aren't the worst. I mean, they face Man City and Arsenal in their next five, but they also have Brighton, Watford and Everton. And we're still kind of trying to feel out those teams at the moment. And what we do know about Mitrovic is he had an amazing record last year with Fulham. And he's just a really good striker in the box. So Yeah, that's the thing. I don't really... like. I think as long as he has the ball somewhere near the top of that pitch, uh, I don't think it really matters who he's playing. And Schurler as well was really good. He had 11 shots. And 11. He was ridiculous. Um, he was really unfortunate to only get the one goal because he just kept going for it, um, obviously, from that number. Um but yeah, I think the two of them together, I think once Schurler is like assured to get starts every week, I think he'd be a good pick as well. I like I don't know whether I'd recommend having both of Mitrovic and Schurler. I like I don't know if that's too much to have two Fulham players in your team. But they're definitely both guys to Mitrovic is one you should get in and Schurler's definitely one to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah, if you're going to do two Fulham players, probably uh Kenny is the one you'd look at just because he's dropped to 4.9 now and he got a, a lovely assist for one of Mitrovic's goals and he's quite yeah. an enabler at that price but yeah they're an attacking team I, I think the closest sort of comparisons to Mitrovic are, are guys like um, like Zaha and Arnautovic they're a little more expensive and I think yeah. Palace are a bit more defensive and West Ham I think they certainly have an attacking manager but their attack isn't quite clicking yet. So mm-hmm. although he's he's scored well on Altovich, Mitrovic could actually be the standout pick in that that price range. And uh, I, I think they could be the sort of team that actually manages to score no matter who they're playing. I'd say. Yeah. So he's a really, really good shout at the moment. Who else have we got? Burnley, sad times for them. It looks like it's unravelling. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Hendrick scoring goals? I don't understand. Tarkovsky <laughs> scoring his second goal in what, like t- three weeks? And he's never scored uh, yeah, one I think it was actually last week he scored as well. So it's actually two and two. Two and two. 
ridiculous. Me assist, since when did me start assisting? Um, all of that anomaliness aside, I would still expect Burnley to be trash against Man United next week. God knows what will happen in that game. They could all just <laughs> lie down for 90 minutes, because why not? Um, but... When Burnley inevitably get kicked out of the Europa League this coming Thursday, because there's no way they're going to score two goals against Olympiacos. It's just not going to happen. And even if it does happen, I still reckon that um, Olympiacos can all also Olympiacos. Olympiacos. Anyway, <laughs> they are actually Italian now. <laughs> um, so my point being, Burnley will be out of the Europa after this Thursday, so they'll still be trash on Sunday. But when it comes to the week after, their fixtures look up so much. They have really good run of fixtures, maybe like four or five games. So this is why I don't want to get rid of me. I'm going to have to play me this week because Dunk is injured. Dunk has really screwed me for this week. Um, in fact, I'm going to start him just in case a miracle happens and he plays because I need him to play. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to have to play me this week, but it's, I'm not going to get rid of me because after this international break, it's going to be smooth sailing for Burnley. Yeah, it's. I just find it quite disappointing because I was so I was so excited for Burnley at the start of the season. And now the Europa League does seem to have, have made some bad times for the guys. But yeah. I do wonder whether it would have been different if Pope hadn't been injured and if Heaton had been fit from the start of the yeah, season as well. Yeah, that is one thing that, that stuck out to me. I heard the other day that Burnley's expected goals against, so the amount of goals that they should have conceded, they so face. to speak, was something like 4.2. Yeah. yeah. But the actual goals they've conceded is 7. So that kind of indicates that they're underperforming and the question there is is it down to the goalkeeper or is it just down to bad luck and I don't think looking at Hart and how he's played it doesn't seem like there was a lot that he really should have saved that he didn't like the four goals that that Fulham scored were all good but then you do bring in that question it's sort of like how De Gea last year you know won so many points for Man United you do wonder if Pope, high on confidence, uh, after off the back of having an amazing season last year, you do wonder if he would have made some of those saves that you don't expect a goal to, goalkeeper to make and kept them in it a bit more. But that that is a yeah. completely speculative sort of thing to look at. Uh, but I, I do yeah, think it sure. probably affected them at least a little bit, not having their either of their first choice keepers and having to, to go for heart. Mm. But yeah, Burnley, sad times for them at the moment. But yeah, like you say, after the international break, pretty decent run Spurs did a good win Jose Mourinho lost his mind yeah it was it was somewhat yeah. satisfying I mean I didn't get a great chance to analyze this performance because I was playing Scrabble and I just had it on in the background but it all sounded mental oh I was playing watch I was yeah. playing watch dogs 2 and had it so on. so we are your your resident fantasy football analysts this week, and we didn't really watch the match. Mm -hmm. mm. But basically, what I gather, correct. Uh, Man United actually played quite well in the first half, and were a little bit unlucky not to be going in with the lead. I remember specifically seeing Lukaku round the goalkeeper and put it wide, and 
I guess yeah. my take on this match overall is just like from the body language I saw from the Man United players, it reminded me a lot of last year. Remember when Arsenal had to play Man City twice in the same week? We had the, the cup final and then the Premier yeah. League game. And it just was such a painful mm-hmm. sort of indictment on where Arsenal were compared to where Man City were. And you really saw that just sheer brokenness of the Arsenal team as they just got absolutely annihilated, not even on the scoreline, but just so, so heavily outplayed. It felt a lot like that where Man United were creating stuff and they looked quite good, but they also looked kind of so scared to do anything. And um, I think, you know, Lukaku missing the chances, it could just be bad luck, but I do get the impression there's a severe lack of confidence in that dressing room because at, at the end uh did you see all of the goals there's there's basically yeah. the one i want to point out is where chris smalling he steps right up and tries to play someone offside and it's just the most random move because there's still one defender like uh i can't remember who the other defender was but he's standing right back near near his own goal so chris smalling just steps forward right so and it matter what this one defender is left on his mm. own and then Ericsson gets to just basically pick his pass and finds uh, Lucas Moura. But yeah, it looked a little bit like they were just kind of headless chickens and quite scared. Like, I don't doubt that they wanted to win for the manager, but it feels like they're so scared of fucking up that they're constantly fucking up. And uh, that the atmosphere is just mm. all round quite bad there. On the flip side, of course, Spurs, great time for them. Kane scored again in August. Trippier looks like possibly one of the best options in defence, up there with the likes of Mendy and Robertson at 6.0. Hasn't risen yet as mm-hmm. at time of recording. Um, oh, is he injured? he's injured? Did he right? have to come off? He had, yeah, he came off with a, like, oh, a strange okay. situation. I assume he'll be fine. But, yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, he did come off. One to certainly check out, see how bad the injury is there. But I, I like him purely because compared to Alonso, 6.7, 6.0 is expensive, but he keeps assisting as well. And he, he seems to be the kind of player that when he does score or assist, he'll get all the bonus. Um, And yeah, in this game, he got the clean sheet as well as an assist. So it was mm-hmm. an absolute banger for him. Yeah. Lucas Mora, perhaps the most exciting one to come out of this game. Uh, came out with two goals and one of them yeah. was just really good individual play. I, how do you feel about him? Uh, so does he lose his place as soon as Son is back? I think if he plays like this, it'd be strange to drop him. Okay. I guess the question is, do they have a sort of rotation thing, like with the fullbacks, or does... Lucas just keep his place until he starts playing poorly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like we haven't seen enough. Yeah. I need more. Yeah, it, it would be a slightly knee-jerking move in that sense, I guess, because he scored two goals in one game, but in two, three weeks' time, someone else could score two goals in one game and we're looking at them and being like, oh, they scored two goals in one game. I have to get them immediately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I guess there is, there is that. But Spurs... Had a t- had a terrible first half, but they really kind of picked it up in the second, and I think that's kind of the difference of where Spurs are at compared to where Man United are at right now. 
Man United are completely shot of confidence. Spurs had a terrible first half, but they picked themselves up and they they got the win quite comfortably in the end. Um, the only thing I, I don't like about Spurs is I don't think they have as good fixtures as the likes of Man City and Liverpool and maybe even Arsenal. Um, Spurs come up against Watford, Liverpool, Brighton, Huddersfield in the next five. The Watford one, I would have thought, was like prime time to get Kane in. But being quite impressed with Watford, I'm kind of like, no, I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't know if it is. To be fair, to mention Kane as well, like, I think it's going to be really, really hard to fit him in this year. Like, I I don't really know how you do it if you have Salah without severely hamstringing the rest of your team because he's an extra one point... Well, it's 1.3 compared to Aguero if you're getting him in now. But that just seems like so much money. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm not interested currently. It's either Kane or Aguero. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's a, a very tough one, but I guess we will see if he starts banging the goals in again and I have to tear up my wildcard team. I hope I don't have to do yep. that. Um. Yeah, Man United stay away right now. Not looking good. For sure. Bad times. Right, shall we get into a little clean sheet cup? No. No? We do the preview first and then we do oh, the Oh, fine cup. then. Fine. We'll preview some things. So what have we got coming up, Nat? Um, so the Oh, um someone on Twitter, I don't have oh I don't have my tweet deck open, so I'm really sorry. I want to tell you who you were. Igor. I'm assuming you're Igor and not Igor. Because no one's Igor, right? I think so, but he can tell us if we were wrong. Okay, let us know. Um, Igor was really nice and asked, why on earth um, you shouldn't captain someone in the the 12.30 kickoff? Yeah. Well, Aguero last week is why you shouldn't do that. Um, And thus, Salah also shouldn't be captained in this 12.30. Now, I'm not saying he won't be the highest scorer of the game week, I'm just saying, don't come crying to me if it all goes tits up. <laughs> if it all goes tits up at, yeah, <laughs> two o'clock on Saturday morning. On Saturday morning? Saturday afternoon. Afternoon. Yeah, it's just, it's so much safer to just not have to worry about it. So first we've got Leicester, Liverpool. Obviously don't put your captains in here and everything will be fine. Um, I assume Liverpool will win, but who knows Leicester. Oh, they absolutely like. should. The... <laughs> I think with Salah as well, he's away from home, but you got some tasty home captains this week. Like Aguero is a home captain, Hazard is a home captain. I like them both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Good, so that's that. Three o'clock on Saturday, Brighton, Fulham, Chelsea, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Everton, Huddersfield, West Ham, Wolves. So yeah, Brighton, Fulham, I think is going to be hype. I'm hype for Brighton, Fulham. Uh, I don't know which three knows? o'clock game I want to watch. He's all well, awesome. That's the one I'm going to watch. Um, who knows what could happen there? I'm saying goals. Uh, Chelsea, Bournemouth. We assume Chelsea will do goals. But I reckon Bournemouth will also do a goal. Uh, Just one. Yeah, I reckon there's so one. So goals Callum to Wilson. goal will be the final result. Yeah, exactly. I reckon like one Hazard goal, one like proper random like Jorginho goal. And then a Wilson goal. That's what I'm saying. Um, Palace Southampton. Mm. 
Palace should win this, I'd hope. Yeah, Southampton, I can't work out if they're good or awful so far. I'm not but sure Palace at now. home, they they should be good. They should be able to get the, the three points. Yeah, it's Everton what I put Hudders. on the accumulator. Oh, sorry. So Everton, I guess we'd hope Walcott and I hope Tosin will do some some things here. Um, but Lursel's back in goal for Huddersfield, so who knows what could happen. <laughs> yeah, solid nil-nil. And then West Ham play Wolves, which... Yeah, the battle oh. of the Ws. The W Derby. The W-W dot Derby. Yeah, I, that's quite a hard one to predict. Um, purely because West Ham are just on on a crazy thing right now. They need to win. They need to win real bad because they've lost their opening three. And I don't think this is a start they really wanted. This is Crystal Palace last year, right? Yeah, Palace were were far worse though. <laughs> Actually, I remember thinking Palace were doing okay in open play, but they took like eight weeks to actually score a goal. Mm. And that was quite a big problem. <laughs> Cardiff might give them a run for their money though. <laughs> um, and then the 5.30 Man City, Newcastle, obviously just Captain Aguero. And if it doesn't work, then um, at least he tried. Yeah, I've, I've seen people talking about triple captaining. And I don't th- feel like I'm a good person to advise on this because I've never got a triple captain right anyway. Have you not? No. Um, I think I've, I think two seasons ago I did Harry Kane against Arsenal because I was like, Arsenal is so bad. I've just got a triple captain Kane. He did score, but it was a penalty and that was it. And it was like eight points times three. I was like, oh, this sucks. Um yeah, it's it's it just feels wrong, doesn't it, doing it this early in the season? Yeah, I wouldn't. But if you want to, then obviously you can because there is no wrong time to use a chip if you feel you got to guess. If you feel it's right. It's gambler's yeah. game. The only thing that would worry me is Aguero has already had his big breakout explosive game. Can he really yeah. do two in three weeks? Is that is that asking too much? I've no idea. Who knows? I bet he doesn't even start. Oh, that would be. That would be <laughs> something, wouldn't it? I, I wouldn't be able to look at Reddit or Twitter if that happened. It'd be a nightmare. I wouldn't even be mad. I thought I think it'd be funny. Oh, it would be. But I think the people who have triple captained Aguero would not take kindly to it, let's say. No. Sunday. Yes. The, the big one uh, at one thirty. Cardiff versus Arsenal. Can Cardiff score? Yeah, that's the big narrative of the weekend, isn't it? Against will Mustafi, Cardiff finally, oh, maybe you will get chances, Cardiff. <laughs> you will get chances. I yeah, it's quite scary actually to be the team that concedes Cardiff's first goal first of the season. Premier League goal, yeah, would be. That's not a record I want Arsenal to have on their uh, on their CV. Let's say, <laughs> yeah. So, really, I think this should be a comfortable win for Arsenal. They need to keep that clean sheet. They absolutely need to. This is the time for Aubameyang to shine. Maybe even Lacazette gets a start as well alongside him. I would hope so because he's he's made a really good impact in his first few games. And if he emerges as a 9.4 option, all hell will break loose because he's he's looking really sharp. Yeah, for me, it's an Arsenal win to nil. And if they concede, you will find me crying on my doorstep. Uh, and then the four o'clocks are Burnley versus Man United and Watford Spurs. Um, so you already think Burnley are going to lose this? Yeah, I do. 
I think this will be like a a two nil maybe. Yeah. Because Man United need to win it so bad. Yeah. And Burnley are obviously just trash. So. Oh uh, man, that yeah. hurts so bad to hear you say. Yeah, but it's fact, isn't it? Um. So yeah, two nil here. Also, this like this. I don't like the line, like the starting lineup that they're playing for prim- for the Premier League. I don't like it at all. What? Just the one um, striker. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. They do seem to be better when they play Wood with one of Vokes or Barnes. Yeah. And they've been playing uh, Hendrick instead, haven't they? So it's yeah. And they they've never like they sub Chris Wood off for the likes of Barnes. So it's yeah. They take Wood off and then put Barnes and Vokes on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit iffy. Um, I, I fancy Burnley to at least get a draw in this game, to be honest. I think Man United are performing really poorly. I think that will continue. But, it, yeah, if you're going to ask me to bet on it, I'd probably say Man United to win, just because that's a cynical, more predictable sort of way this yeah. would go. Um, and then Watford Spurs. I, that's actually... I think that's one that's quite hard to call purely because yeah. of Watford's amazing form and them being quite good at home, right? Like, Yeah. I I would fancy Watford to at least score in this game. Spurs probably will score more, but I don't think it's going to be a foregone conclusion in terms of like how hard they have to work for it. I think Spurs will will get pushed a fair bit in this. Could actually end could actually see it ending up as a 2-2 draw or something like that. But yeah, Spurs naturally you would gravitate towards thinking they would win yep cool all right should we pick our clean sheet cups yeah i've no idea so neither of us got a point what did we say you said man city i think oh god man city you really let me down again and i said fulham (laughs) Ah. well it it made sense yeah burnley don't really score no but they do when they play fulham Okay, so you get to go first, don't you? Because I did last week. Yeah, I might go for Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace against Southampton. I think that is a Mm -hmm. solid-ass shout. It would only be natural for me to go for Arsenal against Cardiff then. I really hoped you were going to go for Arsenal. Yeah, i got to do it for the narrative. Mm. You've got to respect the narrative. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's what football is all about. Okay, so I guess we'll be back, as there's an international break, coming after game week four. Uh, We'll be back round about Tuesday the 11th of of September. Um, Which seems like ages away. It does seem like ages away. And it's, I'm not sure if I'm excited or sad about the international break. I think it really depends how well my team does this weekend. Because I haven't had the start I wanted. I've had a few players who have let me down a little bit who I really wanted to believe in. And it might just be nice to have that that break of not having to set my team or make transfers for a, for a week and just chill, chill a little bit. Yeah, everyone's favourite time of the season, international break. And then we got another one, like, what, four weeks later? Yeah. yeah. So we'll have a nice little uh, September preview for everyone. Yeah. In the next episode. That sounds good. And hopefully not everyone gets injured and suspended for from football for the rest of ever cool uh so i think that about wraps it up for this week and we will be back in a week and a half two weeks whenever it is 11th two weeks 11th literally two literally two weeks all right 
best of luck everyone in game week four don't don't jerk those these don't go too crazy if it doesn't go well we still got 34 weeks to go fantasy responsibly responsibly that's what you gotta do um in the meantime you can obviously follow us on twitter at the denalysis you can do us an email uh towards hello at the denalysis.com i literally haven't checked the email i'm really sorry so i really it's, hope it's fine it's fine twitter's um, a place to be yo yeah thank you to everyone who's followed us on twitter recently i really appreciate it sorry i think i've been just like punching my mic <laughs> um <laughs> yes thank you if you followed us on twitter that's where we are join our league the code is in the description and on twitter also if you're there um if you liked this episode please rate and subscribe and review on your chosen podcast app it's really nice and thank you to um nat the gooner who did us a nice little review really appreciate it legend Mm. Um, yeah my kind of person well uh, yes they (laughs) they were the one who um tweeted me back thinking it was you (laughs) Um, it's normally me on the twitter (laughs) you can tell it's me on the twitter because i'm tweeting like a 17 year old girl (laughs) Um, and i'm the one who tries to be really football so thank you so much for listening if you have any other any other business in the in the meantime let us know we'll be here yeah let's just chilling let's just hang out i guess Mm. all right cool so thanks for listening everybody we'll see you the week after next. Yeah. Peace. Bye.